Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. What's up, Christ Fellowship? How y'all doing? Y'all ready to have church today? I am so excited. Y'all, it's hot outside. Is anybody, like, it's hot, hot. Like, I might move back up north. I mean, it's hot. Like, I woke, I woke out this morning. I need to go back, right back in and change my clothes. I'm joking. But I am so excited. We want to welcome all those who are watching online. We want to welcome all of our campuses. We want to welcome the, our U.S. military services. We want to welcome, come on, somebody, our correctional facilities. It is summer, and we have a word from the Lord. I, I told, I, I texted Pastor Todd and Julie this morning. I said, there's nothing like preaching at home. The team has just been awesome uh, this week. Can we give it up for all those who serve and make the vision of our church happen? Amen. Are y'all ready? I want to jump right into 2 Kings chapter 5, uh, verses 9 through 14. And it's a familiar passage that Honestly, I don't know if I'm preaching or kind of giving you a prophetic word today, something to help move you forward in life, but I believe that God has something special for you today, whether you're watching online or here in the room or visiting one of our campuses. And it says this, then Naaman, Naaman went with his horses and chariots and he stood at the door of Elisha's house and Elisha, the prophet, sent a messenger to him saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times. And when you wash in the Jordan seven times, your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Naaman goes on and says, are not the Abana and the Parpar rivers of Damascus better than the rivers of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage and his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down, come on y'all, took a bath, seven baths, (laughs) in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Christ Fellowship, I want to preach to you today from the topic, just add water, just add water. Water, can you bow your heads with me at every campus and online? Father, I pray, God, today. God, that you would stir us. God, that you would move us. God, that we would not be the same way, that we would not leave the same way that we came in. Father, I pray that all of the wounds that we have carried for years, God. God, that today we would trade in heavy and hard for easy and light. God, I pray that you would do something miraculous in our souls, in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies. In Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. Just add water. As as I was preparing for this message and and asking God, like, like, God, what is the significance of water? 
Well, if we take it out of scripture and just talk about every day, we all know that we need water to survive. We need water to make sure uh, that, that we're not dehydrated. We need water, especially in this South Florida heat. Come on, somebody. Just add water. But do you know that there are some products, some inventions that were invented or made that without water, they never completely flow in how they were created to flow in? Do you know that there are some things that are made without the interaction of water? They never arrive at the creator's intention? Come on, let, let's just talk about Minute Maid on juice. Come on, somebody. Hey, you know, when the guy created, well, the person created the, this orange juice, you know, that's frozen in, 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 the, fridge, in the freezer, it, it was made, it had a purpose, it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing, but in order for it to fulfill its purpose, it had to interact with something that was not man-made. Water. I don't know if you've ever had an upset stomach, but Alka-Seltzer without water is chalk. Come on, somebody. Like if you had an upset stomach, maybe, hopefully you don't have one right now, but a little gassy, come on. Alka-Seltzer is amazing, and Alka-Seltzer can do its job, and, and Alka-Seltzer can, can settle what's going on on the inside. And when the person made Alka-Seltzer, it was made to be activated by something that the person who made the Alka-Seltzer did not make. Water. Just add water. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in college. I have, and in my broke days, I'm talking about in college when, when you had more months than you had money. And maybe it was towards the end of the month, and at the end of the month, you like had no food. But when you looked over in the corner, come on, somebody, that was that cup of noodles. Well, where are my cup of noodles people at? Every now and then, I still like a cup of noodles. But a cup of noodles... It's great. And when the person invented the cup of noodles, that they made this cup of noodles that it would never fulfill what it was intended to fulfill without its interaction with something that the person who made it did not make. Water. You see, all of these products, there is a direction on the products that say just add water, which tells me that a marriage that doesn't interact with water can be one that is dry. A man or a woman that, 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 that wants to fulfill their God-given destiny and their God-given purpose, that, that, that aside from water, that they will only fulfill some of what God has intended for them to fulfill. The teenager who goes to school or, or, or the young person who goes to school every single day and some of them who are young and 16 know how to fake a bath. As parents were saying, you must interact with something that you did not make. It's just add water. Lift an onion soup. Come on, somebody. It's great when it interacts with water, but by itself, it's just this dry, powdery substance. 
And the question that I want to ask us in the heat of this summer is what areas in your life are dry? What areas in your life are stagnant? What areas in your life need the interaction with something other than social media? Something other than everybody's opinion? Something other than, come on somebody, a counseling session? All that may be good, but can I tell you, aside from the water of the Holy Spirit, you will never fulfill what God has called you to fulfill. Just at water. Water from Genesis to Revelation was important. It was essential for the believer to hear from God. It was essential for the, from the believer to connect with God. Water symbolized the Holy Spirit. Water symbolized the day of the Messiah. Water symbolized a refreshing. Water symbolized the anointing. It symbolized life and life more abundantly. Next week, we, we, we as a church uh, are going to baptize some people in water. And the significance of that is that when you go down and you come back up out of the water, we, we believe that the Holy Spirit is a part of your life and rising you and, and, and fulfilling you and resurrecting you from death to life. Just to add water, in Matthew 14, Jesus walked on the water, and, and there was a flash flood of our faith. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus was sleeping, and there was a storm, and the waves and the wind, they were going, and Jesus spoke and had authority over the water. In John chapter 21, he displayed how water was more than enough when his disciples thought that there was not enough. In John chapter 9, he added water to his mouth and mixed it with some dirt and, and spit and put it in someone's eyes and, it, and they were healed. And John 19, 34 states that when the soldier, when Jesus was on the cross, put the spear in the side of Jesus, not only did blood flow out of his side, but also water flowed out of his side. Jesus, to launch his ministry, was baptized in the water. He met with a woman at the well in John chapter 4 at the water, and that water was a part of changing her life. The water was a part of changing her history. Can I offer you today, church, that no matter where you are, no matter what campus you're, you're at, no matter if you're listening online or in a a correctional facility or in the military, you cannot do life without the interaction of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do life without worship. You cannot do life without the anointing. Many Christians today are walking around ashy. Is your marriage ashy? Come on, somebody. We need water. And where we find Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5 is a man who has done life without water. A man who has the accolades, but some issues going on under the accolades. It's incredible to me while reading this passage of Scripture that God is using 
what was Israel's opponent as the prototype of getting clean. As I was reading this, my, 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 my theology was a little bit jacked because I'm like, God, like, he's a Gentile. You're, 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 he, he's, he's, he's persecuted some of Israel and you're using him. And I started going throughout scripture, seeing that when God's people were disobedient, how God would use the enemy as a servant to show God's people, to give them an appetite that, listen, if I'm gonna bless them, how much more will I bless you because you are my child? Naaman, you just need to add water. And can I encourage us that many of us in our lives, if we assess our lives, we spend time building our kingdom. We spend time building our finances. We spend time at the mall. We spend time, you know, uh, going to church. We spend time, you know, going to work. We spend time in traffic if you're driving up North Lake. But how much time do you spend interacting with the water? How much time do we spend interacting with the water? And I started thinking about this and, and I said, God, I need you to speak to me in this message. We see the end of this story. We see Naaman dip seven times. But God, what preceded that? And if you're taking notes and you know you need a refreshing from the Holy Spirit, if you're taking notes and you know that there are some areas in your life that are dry, I want to lead you today to the water. Number one, if you're taking notes. Pastor, what does my journey look like to the water? Number one is you have to weigh your wounds. Weigh your Wounds. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 says, Now Naaman, the commander of the army of Assyria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was, a, he was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. A mighty man of valor, but a leper. You see, Naaman was the man. Naaman had access to the king. Naaman had trophies. Naaman was winning. On the outside, it looked like Naaman had it all together. As I was studying, I saw that, that Israel had, that Syria had been a longtime opponent to Israel. And as I'm studying this, I, I, I was looking at Naaman. Naaman could have been leading this army for like 20 years, and he had a but. He was a mighty man of valor, but a leper. He was a mighty man of worship, but a Leper. He was a mighty warrior, but a leopard. He could throw a spear, but a leopard. He could survive life, but a leper. Can I tell you what I know that each and every one of us have today? A big old butt. <laughs> he's got it all together, but he's got trauma. He's got trophies, but trauma. She's got a breakthrough, but she's got 
betrayal that keeps following her around. You see, on the outside, Naaman is winning, but on the inside, he's still wounded. And what I have discovered in my own life, what I have discovered in the body of Christ, is that we all have this kind of fake it till we make it mentality. And we come to church and we do life and we do marriage and maybe you got through it, through the season of pain, through the season of the last marriage and you walk through a divorce or you walk through financial ruin or you walk through and guess what? You won, you came out of that season. It doesn't have you. You spoke those things that are not as if they are, but if you're honest, you got through it, but you still ain't over it. That relationship with that person who disappointed you, who betrays you, 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 you're over it. You got through it, but you still ain't over it. Like when you see them, you're like, I don't want to lay hands. I want to throw hands with you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Bought a leper. Can I tell you in my own life, underneath for years, I walked around like I had it all together. I pastored a church like I had it all together. I had the wife, I had the picket fence, the white picket fence, I was traveling, I had the dog, come on somebody. I had everything, the two cars, everything that God wanted me to have. But if I'm honest, underneath, I had wounds. Underneath it all, Showed up to church, but betrayal. Went to work every day, but trauma. And guess what? I, I, I came to a place in my life where I had to weigh my wounds. Had to ask myself the question, what is all of this costing me? What is all of this costing my children? What is all of these undealt with emotional wounds? Uh, how is it hindering my ability to hold on to spiritually what God is doing in my life because I'm jacked up emotionally and I've been abused physically and I've been diagnosed and I sat before a doctor and he spoke cancer over my life and I know that God is a healer but if I'm honest I'm discouraged underneath I show up to church and I serve I do marriage I do life I do my kids I go to high school but underneath it all if I'm honest I'm wounded man I'm winning but I'm wounded I've got trophies but I got trauma I got a breakthrough, but if I'm honest, I still feel broken. And many of us, we're just like Naaman. We're mighty. We're mighty men of valor. We're connected to God, but our butt is beneath the surface. Hard message to be like, yeah, amen, brother. But it's real. This is real. Betrayal is real. Disease is real, man. Fear is real. We come to church, man. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. God is so good. Look what the Lord has done. But really, you just want to cry. Oh, God, uh, I'm struggling underneath. God, it's 40 years gone 
from what happened, but it still haunts me. It still keeps me up late at night. And and here's the thing. It's hard for me to connect with people because I've been betrayed and you're over it. And now you own a house, but people are still living in your mind rent free because of unforgiveness. We need to just add water to some stuff. We got to weigh our wounds. What are our wounds costing us? Are they costing us? We, maybe you went through a bad marriage and you ended up divorced and God brought a new spouse to your life and you're just like trying to enjoy it, but you can't really enjoy it because you're looking for the distrust issues and the mistrust issues from your last marriage in your marriage that you have right now because you got through it, but you still ain't over it. Maybe it was your last church and you got church hurt and you're like, man, you see the health here, but you're kind of looking for something so you don't step in, you don't get involved, you don't serve, you don't give, you don't tithe because somebody else mishandled something. Can I encourage you that many of us, I want you to know, could be missing out on what God has from us because on the outside, we look like we got it all together, but beneath the surface, we have words that have spoken over us and the question that I want to ask you what is it costing you is it costing you your peace is it costing you your joy is it costing you your freedom is it costing you your joy is it costing you laughter is it costing you breaking the generational curse that God has declared for you to break can I just declare to you right now that he who the son sets free is free indeed and Christ's fellowship today is going to be your day of freedom to Today, I need some people to act like this a black church for a second. Today is going to be your day of healing. I, uh, there we go. Don't, don't go too far, y'all. No, don't, don't. Uh, security? <laughs> when I was younger, I could fight. Don't encourage fighting. But I've been in a few. I lived in Baltimore. You had to, to survive. And one day I got in this fight. I don't encourage it. Not by might, no by power. Don't send an email. <laughs> but I got in a fight. I was fighting this dude named Craig Agello. He was wearing me out. Two years older than me. He's in the field, and he Craig, Craig's, and, and I'm trying, I'm big, y'all. At this time, like, like you know, I, I, was, I was one hamburger away from morbidly obese when I was like 16. Come on, somebody. Craig was small. He was moving, pop, 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 peppering me up. My cousin came home uh, from the activity bus, and we were out in the field, and Craig and I were getting into it. Craig was wearing me out. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose. <laughs> My cousin was like, I, I'm like, jump in. He's like, no, nah. mm-mm. We family, bro. No, he said, this one you gotta win on your own. And I was thinking about that. I want you to know that there are some things that you have to win on your own. There are some battles that, guess what? Yes, your church can pray for you, but how much are you praying for yourself? The pastor can lay hands on you, but how much are you declaring and prophesying over yourself? 
So, so my, son, my, my cousin was like encouraging me. He said, man, throw the punch. And, and, and Craig was so small, but then I grabbed him. Come on, y'all. Come on. All the big people know exactly what I'm talking about. If I grab this little joker, he is over. I grabbed him. I threw him down. Bow! I hit Craig. He said, I give. I was like, I won. I went home and, and, and I was like, come on, somebody. <laughs> Limping. My mom saw my face. I had no idea I was bleeding. I had no idea I was cut up. I had no idea my eyes were bloodshot. I had no idea I was scratched up. And my mom started, see y'all old school mom, she put alcohol, there was no peroxide. Come on somebody. My mom started, uh, I'm like, ah, oh, this hurt more than the fight. She said, baby, are you okay? Then my dad came home from work. My dad was a prison warden. Came home from work, he's looking at me. He ain't thinking about my injuries. He's not thinking about, come on somebody, all the blood. He's not thinking about my bruises. He got one question. Where my dudes at? He got one question. Did you win? Now we don't encourage fighting. I'm saying that again. But I got a few. I said, yeah dad, I won. Guess what my dad says? Sure don't look like it. <laughs> it's a question I want to ask you. Over 2,000 years ago, did, did Jesus win? Did he overcome sin and death? Did he overcome the grave? Come on, somebody. Did he overcome being betrayed? Did he overcome being lied on? Come on. I wonder is his question. Over 2,000 years ago, God says, I sent my son for victory to redefine death. Why doesn't God's people look like we won? It's time for us to look like we won. It's time for us to declare I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon formed against me is going to be able to prosper. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, that. I feel like it's time for the church of God to look like we won. To look like, come on, somebody, that we've got the victory. That looks like I'm more than an overcomer. That looks like I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. Christ Fellowship, I came to ask you. You're a winner. Raise your head like you look like you won. Raise your children like you look like you won. Come on, somebody shout, we won. Wear your wounds. Number two. Hmm. Work the word. Work the word. What? What? We allow words to define us. Discouraged, betrayed, pornography, fear. For years, name him but a leper. I, 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 um, I read this and I was like, oh my gosh, I never saw this. Second Kings five, two and three. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel. So the Gentile has a Jew. Yeah, look at this. She waited on Naaman's wife. She was captive and served Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, the little girl, if only my master 
were with the prophet. For, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Isn't it crazy that this man for 20 years, 20, he's operating with wounds. And I don't know how many years this girl is captive in her house, in his house, but he's got a word in his house, but he can't see the word. He can't hear the word because the word is locked up in the other words. It's behind it. And I want to prophesy this to the married people for just a second. There's a man of God. There's the woman of God. Can I tell you men that sometimes, most often in my life, the word is in my wife. What I need to do, where I need to go, what God is saying to me, God speaks to my wife. But the problem is, is when we don't, come on, value what God has placed in our wives. The word could be captive in your wife, waiting, but you haven't given her permission and you haven't given her access to your wounds. And I came to tell you, my freedom today would not be freedom without my wife's words over my life. Somebody say, work the word. Naaman had a word. He then gets a word, he gets a letter from the king to, 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 for him to go on this process. Let me tell you something about God's word. God's word is normally, for me, it comes from an unlikely person, uh-huh, an unfamiliar process, in an unfamiliar place. Naaman got a word, and here's, here, here's what's crazy about Naaman. Leprosy is incurable, and this time it's incurable. And people just wouldn't die from leprosy. Leprosy desensitized them. So it would be like going to touch a fire and not knowing it's hot. And so they wouldn't necessarily die from leprosy. They would die from being desensitized, from being ashy, from being dry. I think many times we are trying to alleviate symptoms without finding the source of the symptoms. He's gotta work the word. He's gotta work the word that God has given him over his life. Isaiah 55, 11, that says, when the word goes out from my mouth, come on, put that on the screen, it shall not return unto me void. The word that goes out from my mouth, but it will accomplish, God says, it will accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sentence. Can I just speak a word over you? Freedom. Can I speak a word over you? Deliverance. Can I speak a word over you? Healing. I'm telling you right now, you gotta work the word that God has given you. Stop telling your enemy, uh, telling God how big your wound is and start telling your enemy how big your worship is and how big your God is. I wanna declare this, and I know it's a preaching point, but the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You see these words, if these words have a name, they also got a knee. And when the word that has a name, that has a knee, it has to bow to the name of Jesus because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Somebody say work the word, I'm almost done. I, uh, I hate group texts. Anybody else? It's like I'm on this cousin's family group text. 
I think I want a new family. I mean all day long. And I am a relational person and I love to connect relationships. I am a connector. Anybody else like, if I find something that you could benefit, if I have a relationship that you could benefit from, I, I, I'm gonna put you in a group text. I'm gonna tell y'all what I do. I, I'll say, Julie, meet Todd. Todd's amazing. Julie's amazing. I must be amazing because I brought you two together. You guys need to know one another. And then you know what I do? This is the last time I'm gonna be on this text. You guys go ahead now and text together off of this chain. And then I delete the chain. You know what I do? I introduce two things that need each other and then I'm out of it. And what I have come to discover in my life, I do that in every area of my life except for my wounds. I have decided in this season of my life, I'm gonna introduce what I'm not to who he is and then I'm out. Uh, Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I'm gonna introduce my brokenness to the one who can cause a breakthrough and then I'm out. I'm gonna introduce my pain into the one who can give me purpose and then I'm out. God, what I'm saying is, is I'm gonna leave that in your hands because in my hands, it is not doing anything. Can I tell you, when you work your word, you're saying pain, here's my purpose and then I'm out. I'm telling you right now, you gotta learn how to speak those things that be not as if you already are. Work the word. And number three, I'm out of your way. Wash in the water. Wash in the water. Naaman, it's incredible to me, Pastor Julie, that this man, Naaman, for 20 years, he's got this incurable disease, but then he's got an opinion on how to heal it. <laughs> Aren't the Parpar rivers better than the Jordan? These rivers are clean, the Jordan's dirty. But the Jordan being dirty is significant that somebody else has washed in it. It's the, it's the water of testimony. It's the water of history. Jacob, come on somebody, that water, it, it reached Jacob's well. This is the water that Jesus will be baptized in. This is the water that the Israelites crossed over when they came out of Egypt and, and jo Joshua got up and said, for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. And Naaman with his wounds, Naaman with the word, he gets down to the water, y'all. And Naaman says, man, God, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You cannot wash by yourself. He said, God, I'm going to trust you. And the Bible says that it said to dip seven times, and many of us want one dip. And, and Naaman says, God, I'm going to trust you. And, it, and he says, God, I've been carrying this wound around too long. And many of you have been carrying these words around too long. You've been carrying the trauma around too long. You've been carrying the doubt around too long. Can I encourage you? It's time to take a dip. Can I encourage you that when you think it's over, take another dip. Keep coming to church. Keep worshiping. Keep praying. Keep worshiping. Keep reading your Bible. Keep delivering the word. And dip after dip. And I've come to discover, Pastor Julie, 
that if I'm not fully submerged, I'm not fully submitted. And in this season, I'm going to fully submerge myself in the water. I'm going to wash in the water. I'm going to wash in the word. I'm going to wash in worship. I'm going to wash with prophecy. I'm going to wash. I'm going to wash with speaking those things that be not as if they already are. And I'm telling you right now that when you wash in the water, it's just going to be a trace of what's left. And it's not a trace that is still there. That trace says it's a testimony. Is there anybody at any campus or any room that says, I just got to add water to my fear. Just add water to my doubt. Just add water to my disappointment. Just add water to my abuse. Just add water. I'm tired. If this message hits you in any way, I want you to come dip seven times and walk up to this altar. I saw this in a dream. And I'm telling you right now, this is the kind of, I had to walk to the water. And I said, God, I've tried this on my own. And guess what? Our prayer team is going to be here to pray for you. And whether you want to come now or you want to come when we dismiss service, I am telling you right now that God has more in store for you. Can I just tell you that your ladder is going to be greater than your past? Can I tell you that you haven't seen anything yet? Can I prophesy to you? Come on, spring up. Oh, well, there's a spirit of joy. There's a spirit of laughter that's coming outside of you. Can I pray for you, Christ Fellowship? Can everybody raise their hands? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, God, that you would dunk us with an undignified dip in your spirit. God, we want to fulfill our purpose. We want to fulfill our destiny. We want to fulfill our joy. We want to fulfill, God, complete the work that you have started on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a big old amen. Come on, let's give God some praise in Jesus' name. Just add water. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.